You're listening to Good Lad Unscripted with your host. <laughs> Welcome to Good Lad Unscripted, the podcast. I'm Terry Goodlad. Today, I've got uh, Joe. Okay, I'm going to screw this up again, Joe. What is, How many times are we going to do this? Yeah, now? exactly. Janiga. Joe Janiga. I want to say it wrong every time. Uh, now, Joe is... Okay, dude, what are you? Are you are you close to three, 300? I'm 285 pounds, yeah. Okay, 285. Yeah. And you're about my height, a little bit taller than me. Five foot ten, yeah. Yeah, same yeah. height as me. Right. Yeah. Don't so, trying to hold on to it. So imagine me. I'm I'm two twenty. You're sixty five pounds heavier than me. Yeah, yeah. big guy. So Joe's visiting from uh, sunny uh, Michigan, right? Sunny, sunny Michigan, yeah. <laughs> balmy Michigan, balmy mush Michigan. Yeah, this time of year especially, right? With how, how although does, I think we got up to seventy five today up there. Oh, so. perfect yeah. today. Yeah, you're not there, of course. Right. But yeah, exactly. so how's uh, how's Florida weather? Is, is, I mean, is it a treat or is it it's a, a treat? No, it is. And, is, and I think Floridians would tell you, nah, you know, we like to stay indoors when it's hot. And when you're from Michigan, you come down here and you don't want to be indoors at all. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, I want to just talk a bit about your history because you got a very, very colorful past. Uh, right now, you're obviously big, great, big, well-muscled guy. People will see from the thumbnail picture. Yeah. But uh, you uh, just had a hip replacement. I did. Yeah. Uh, but you're a Highland Games guy. I, one of um, several different things I like to do. <laughs> what yeah. attracted you to the Highland Games? You know, I, I think the history, really, the Highland Games to me was, and I, by no stretch am I, you know, on a level like a lot of guys are, I enjoy doing it more for the pageantry of the sport and the history of the sport. Uh, so Highland Games was an easy thing for me to do as I got older. I shouldn't say that in the sense where it's an easy sport, uh, but with the heavy lifting and stuff that I've done in the past, it was an easy transition for me. I can muscle through a lot of that technique. I'm not buying it, dude. There's yeah, nothing easy about you. Highland Games. Yeah, okay. no, it's not. I, listen, I'm not suggesting it's <laughs> yeah. easy either. He used that word easy in Highland I'm Games. I'm pretty sure in the my, same sentence, some of the guys you, I train with are yeah, going to yeah, kick my gonna, ass. Yeah, next you're going to get a letter over yeah, that. Exactly. I think. Yeah. But. Um, <clears throat> But the Highland Games now coming from Canada, yeah. uh, it's a I think a fairly predominant thing up there in the summer months. You know, yeah, you can yeah, always find a Highland Games yeah. somewhere. It's just fascinating. It's fun. I actually enjoy watching it more than Strongman, to be honest. Yeah, because it's just some of the weird stuff, like the caber toss and sure. stuff like that. Is it now? You said you flipped your first caber. I did. I turned my first caber the other day. Wow! And, and that's a big accomplishment for anybody competing in Highland Games. I'll tell you, uh, my wife failed to get it on video, uh, which you know I had a word, couple words with her. We all did. Are you kidding? Is that me? why you left and came to Florida? That's right. I said I'm going to Florida now. See you in a couple of days. I can't. I just can't. Yeah. yeah no. It was a, it was a great moment. I was just training, getting ready for a contest Memorial Day weekend, and uh, anyhow, it was a great moment. And. Yeah. Moving on, right? Yeah. Now, once you do it once, you should. You can't prove that you actually that turn you that can caber. complete all the events. Right. You, know, you that's can't the last prove time. that. Not right now. No. Now the next. So time I caught a fish this big. That's right. Thanks to your wife. Yeah. Wait till you go to competition. <laughs> right. That's what the guys would tell you. Too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, when is your next competition? Uh, doing it Memorial Day weekend up okay. in Alma, Michigan. They have a big uh, festival that's going on for about a hundred years, I guess. As most of those Highland Games competitions. Right. I have that, that quarter history. It's always it, so. a big drunken Scottish party. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's why, why I got into up. it. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's yeah. why you bought the dress. That's the right. The, 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 uh, who doesn't want to wear a kilt? I'm telling you. <laughs> exactly. It's, it feels great. It hasn't quite caught on yet, but it's, it might. You never know. <laughs> okay, I think I, uh, th that's interesting. Mm -hmm. But what's really, really interesting is you're doing this on the heels, literally the heels, right. of a hip replacement surgery. When did, yeah. you, when did you have your surgery? Yeah, I had full hip replacement uh Oh, January 10th, so about 14, 15 weeks ago. 
uh, you know, I knew it was coming. I mean, I did strongman competitions for better than 10 years and yeah. that type of thing could, you know, uh, at that time, you, you, there wasn't a lot of direction in programming, a lot of direction in training. So you kind of do things from, you know, off the hip, so to speak. Uh, no pun intended. And you find yeah. yourself in, doing a lot of things you probably wouldn't do or train like today. And right. a lot of guys are working through those injuries, not prehabbing like a lot of guys will getting ready for shows right. and preventing injuries from happening. They kind of just sort of waited till they happen. So uh, over years of that kind of uh, abuse, my hip at a young age at 51 now or at 50, I had it replaced, which is unusual. You yeah. know, a lot of guys get it. Don't get it done that early, but a lot I'm of success with it. Yeah, I am doing Highland Games. Yeah, Feeling pretty good. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and I think most most men that get a hip replacement like to rehab with Highland Games training. Do they not? You know, I, you know that's a real good question. Uh, it seemed right to me. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I don't know if that's a part of the protocol or not. No, I don't think yeah. it is. No, but I figured it was a little <laughs> to less. To check with the weight. Cleveland yeah. Clinic over here yeah, and see it, if they've it was got better it. than Strongman. I'll yeah, tell they've you. got that's, this big park in the back. They can certainly do it. Yeah, but. yeah. No, I think my my uh, orthopedics exact words were, "Please don't compete anymore." <laughs> <laughs> and I Please. have insurance, so I'm like, "Well, I'll take ten years to get another hip." I guess. You but. told Lottie. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> I got the games coming. <laughs> exactly. So, so it, yeah, yeah. So, so, but you're not having any problems with it. I mean, you're 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 obviously training hard. If you turn to Cabri, you're training hard. Yeah, the technique's a little bit of an issue right now. The guys that I train with kind of call me a little twinkle toes, you know, because you don't you don't plant both feet the right way. I, I can see why they yeah, would. Yeah, yeah. Too, you're right. I have, I have that kind of appeal Just about looking me. at you. Right, exactly. Pouring over that chair, yeah, there, pouring under that chair. Right, I'm very late yeah. on my Twi- feet. Apparently. Twinkle toes is the first thing yeah. that came to my mind. Oh boy, uh, <laughs> they apparently have labeled that on me. But uh, in any case, yeah, you know, it's just more of a mobility thing. You know, when you get your hip replaced, I'm not telling anybody out there any, that they don't know if they've ever had it replaced. Your limitations are really more from a mobility or a lateral mobility standpoint, and it's just all about building it back. And you're going to favor one side over the other for a while prior to that rehab getting you where you need to be back to 100. percent And uh, you know, I'm ready for the journey. I know athletes when I covered uh, fitness shows for the IFBB, you know, IFBB fitness shows for Oxygen Magazine for those many years. There was uh, a couple athletes that blew out knees. Yeah. And, uh, and coming back was, it was a lengthy process for them, you know, like, you know, it it would take a year before they came back to that level. Mm -hmm. But with all of them that I spoke with, uh, two top Olympians that I spoke with, both of them, uh, it was, uh, the psychological part. It was the mental part of not wanting to risk the injury again. So they would pull back and hold themselves back. Yeah. Are you experiencing anything like that? I did actually. Well, I did actually in a, a a friend of mine or who became a friend of mine through a pro strongman. I know, uh, Nick O'Hare in Michigan, he says to me after I had my hip surgery done, he said, Hey, you got to get a hold of Aaron Fondry. I'm like, well, I wasn't familiar with Aaron Fondry at the time, but come to find out Aaron was a world-class U90, under 90-kilogram strongman competitor. The guy's built like a brick shit house. I mean, mm-hmm. he's an unbelievable athlete. I said, well, why, why would I get a hold of Aaron? You know, what's, what's, uh, what's he got that I need? Mm-hmm. Well, he had a bilateral hip replacement done, so he had both of them done at the same time. Oh, my gosh. Which, by the way, he had to convince five different orthopedics. One of them finally agreed to do it because it's not a common surgery. Within four weeks, this guy was squatting 400 pounds. Oh, my gosh. Which is amazing, right? Now, the difference between Aaron and a lot of guys is he prehabbed right up until his surgery, which is a smart move, strengthening everything as best you can. Because at that point, an orthopedic will tell you, you're not really going to screw it up much more. Right. So if you can get yourself prehabbed during the injury as best you can prior to the surgery, you put yourself in a better position 
the bounce back quick. Aaron took it one step further. You know, he decided to kind of pioneer a little bit of a more of a strength rehab as opposed to a, you know, kind of like the, what the book would tell you to do. Right. A book written by orthopedics, of course, say, well, take your time. And, right. you know, within six months, maybe you can squat 50 Which pounds. is realistic probably for the average person, but not not for a lifetime athlete, that's, at, that, well, elite athlete in strength sports. And that's really the discovery, right? Because yeah. this book was written for 80-year-olds the same way it was written for 40-year-olds. There's no difference between, it doesn't identify a difference between you or that guy. Right. Uh, so, you know, I think that's where a lot of us in the strength community or in the athletic community are starting to realize that a lot of these rehab type programs were really designed for those sedentary old yeah. men or old women that don't minus 40 percent for liability minus 40 percent. yeah that's right exactly yeah. yeah right just like any type of uh, yeah. rating on anything yeah. Right? yeah you can go 100 but you're only going six yeah they're not going to tell you you can go do something to tell you not to do it but if you yeah. don't do it it's on you, you know? that's right so i think with some with some uh very good insight from some guys that i trust and mm -hmm. uh, i was able to kind of get back on my on the horse a little quicker, I think, than... Where are you um, at mentally with it now? Uh, I think I'm 90%. You know, there's okay. still some things that I, I'm what reluctant. Do you get, what do you get stuck on? I get stuck on moving. You know, static moving or static strength, mm -hmm. I feel confident with, right? Because the way the hip hinges and, uh, you know, the way that, you know, I understand the, the biomechanics of it more now since the injury. Mm -hmm. The idea of kind of taking off in a sprint or jumping on a trampoline to another trampoline or i'm thinking of that because i take my son to the trampoline park mm -hmm. you're a little bit nervous because you're always thanks for a, explaining that I, yeah yeah i wanted to be sure <laughs> i want to know where i was coming yeah from. i know right what's this guy doing <laughs> jumping on a trampoline that's a really big trampoline uh th those kind of things right the the kind of quick movement the lateral yeah. movement the you know, more of the the cutting kind of stuff if you were a football player or something which is every reason in the world why you would want to do Highland Games training, right? Oh, after right, exactly. Your hip surgery, because right? it's because, a lot of because it's just nothing but that, right? That's right. It's gonna. I'm gonna overcome my fears really. Gotcha. Quick. I see yeah, that. See, yes. There's a I psychology the strategy. To this. Okay. Exactly. Which uh, is a segue into your Navy career. Is it? That's a heck of a segue, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> well, I think you got to kind of be crazy to want to be a Navy SEAL, right? Yeah. yeah There's got to be a so. bit of calculated so. crazy. I yeah, wanting to be a Navy SEAL, right? So let's so talk I, about. I, that. I didn't get there. I didn't quite get there. Let's talk about that. That was the goal. Yeah. Yeah. That was. I was that guy, right? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, and, and I, I, there's not a lot of those guys out there in hindsight at 50 now. And I'm looking back when I was 20 years old and decided to do that. You know, I was that alpha kind of guy, you know, a challenge. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be uh, constantly pushed to my limits. And I had a friend of mine that joined the uh, Navy a couple years prior. He was on the teams. Uh, I stayed in close contact with him. And he was always that guy saying, dude, you got to do this. Get in here. Let's do it. You mm -hmm. know, and we ran together. We played football together. We you know, got girls together. We got in fights together. It just made sense. Right. And uh, it was a complete uh, fit for me. And so I got, I got into the military and I got guaranteed the program, which I recommend a lot of guys do that, of course, prior to going in, if that's something they want. And uh, started my, my buds training or leading up to that. They had a dive fair program at the time. When you got into boot camp, they kind of got you inundated into that sort of lifestyle of being training for that special forces kind of thing right off the bat you know it's a different type of boot camp and all that i'm, I'm not sure if they even have that stuff anymore but um yeah so i got into buds and i spent 26 weeks there so almost actually a little bit better than that 
uh, one and a half classes I went through. Not quite two. I'm not David Goggins here, but right. Uh, yeah, and Goggins I did three. I think maybe two or three. I he love did that three. Guy, yeah, sure. he did three. I read. I read yeah. his uh, that uh, one of his books, two of his books. I guess two books I've read about David Goggins. Yeah. One one where he's a character in it, and the other one where it's actually his book. Yeah, amazing guy. But uh, yeah. yeah, he's like. Wow. And it makes sense to me when I hear David Goggins, when I, when I, you know, listen to his stuff or watch him on YouTube, I mean, he's a different cut of the rug, but he's not a lot different than all the guys that did that stuff. Right. He just is more vocal about it. Right. You know, uh, yeah. he was that, every guy was that guy and their ability. And of course he's amazing for having to go through it two or three times, whatever he did. And, right. You know, I'm not as fortunate. Um, I'm medically rolled out. I, I had a ligament tear in my knee, I had a back issue. It was one thing after another. And a lot of those guys go through that kind of thing, and God bless them. Uh, so know, the guys that ring out aren't always... They're not always... Yeah, it's they're not, not always quitting. just a, yeah. oh, this is too hard. Yeah, you know? That's right. Yeah, a lot of them, actually, I'd say probably a good half of the ones are probably... Did you have to ring out or no? No, didn't have to ring a bell. That's, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's got to feel good. There's something mental about that, yeah. yeah. It really is. And hey, listen, uh, I, I, I don't ever question how I did or what had happened. I don't dwell on it. I'm grateful for the opportunity, and... You know, I got to service my country, and that was important to me regardless. And spent some time in afterwards, temporary assigned duty kind of stuff, and mm -hmm. where they, you know, kind of do security here. I was stationed on, well, a, unofficially stationed to a, a, a Point Loma sub base and did some security stuff there off the boat. And the knee wasn't allowing me to get up and down the steps of any scuttle in a ship, which I was grateful for, of course. Right. But I already knew I was kind of phasing out at that point, anyhow. So yeah. my last years were spent enjoying Southern California which any young 20-something... Would uh, struggle to do normally. Would struggle to do, yeah. It's yeah, just I mean, such what's, an awful there, place to what's there to do there? Nothing, really. just girls, really. Yeah. Right. So what's the point? Yeah, and who's yeah. interested in right. 20 and girls? What straight guy's interested in a bunch yeah, of girls. I get, yeah. I get it, yeah. You suffered, you mm -hmm. suffered, you suffered a lot. Yeah, I did. Yeah, working <laughs> that bar and all that stuff when you were a kid. Yeah, that's really rough. So seriously, um, the the injury and losing, like having that dream, yeah. <clears throat> your buddy's in there, you know, you feel, you feel like you're destined to do this thing and then having it, essentially taken away yeah, uh, because of because of medical reasons. And they're not things that you could just go heal and then come back and try again. It's something that's going to yeah. prevent you from being there and being an operator. Yeah. yeah. Was that hard to get past? It, it was being a young man, yeah, because you, you, you put a lot into kind of your character at that point in your life. Not that you don't now, but you look at it from a more mature standpoint. And you understand sometimes twists and turns in life because you've lived a longer life now. Yeah. Well, what, you're 50 now. That's right. So they kind of happen. You kind of can look back and see the evolution of your life and it's not static and you've kind of moved around and had experienced all these great things in life and maybe some not so great that shape you for a better day. And right. that's kind of the way I look at it now as I look back on it. But when I was a young guy in my 20s and that happened, yeah, there was now what, right? It was that moment of despair. Like, what am I going to do now? I put all my eggs in this one basket and it seems like a lot. It seems real heavy, right? But as you look back on it and you go, come on, man, you were 20 some years old. You could yeah. have done anything you wanted do to do anything. Yeah. Right. But, but it was heavy then I think, but I think you know, so. Yeah. I could see yeah. it. Yeah. You kind of get over it. Uh, it took a little while. Of course, you know, you kind of, you have to make that explanation to your friends and family and all the questions, whether you can do it or not do it and what happened and are you physically capable and weren't you cut out for it and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, a lot of guys go through that in a lot of different ways in the military if things happen. And but, it's funny. It's always the people that would never, do something like that right. 
the one to sit there and tell you, you know, well, you know, maybe were you cut out for it? Yeah, you know? right. What happened? Sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, my Uncle yeah. Bob, you know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And they're the ones that has beens and never was, as you know. Yeah. I never really talked about it much, man. It was, uh, you know, I, I, I had my t my time with it. And I, I wasn't ever one of these guys that would walk into an establishment or talk to some guys sitting down at the bar. And this is what I used to do or I did this. I might have bring it up besides talking to you about it today. Mm -hmm. first time in 10 years and i got a good friend with me down here as you know and yeah i don't think she ever knew either so it's mm. you know it's just not something like i said at, at my age i don't dwell on it it was just a period in my life that kind of it evolved me mm -hmm. or rather quickly as a matter of fact i, I knew i was destined to want to be and do something greater than not that there's anything wrong with it but being an accountant or whatever and, right you know, i was challenging myself then i continued to challenge myself and sport and, and see, that's, I think that's the thing. You know, my background is in police work, and I left police. Work. I don't regret leaving police work. I miss SWAT. That was right. great. I miss the guys, but I don't wish I would have stayed. And the, the reality is, is that the guy that was in there doing that stuff then, whether or not I got to wear the, the badge anymore or you got to pin on the trident, doesn't mean we stop being that guy. That's right. You just approach yeah. everything else in life that way. Yeah. You know, if anything, you learn more of what you're capable of in an environment like that. And I think that whether, in my case, I know just having that 10 plus years doing police work showed me what I was more capable of, which made me able to do things that I would have never, ever done. 100%. You know, had I not had that experience, that, that's right? a great way to look at it. And, and and sadly, you know that that's parted like the Red Sea. They're guys that fall the other way. Right. They put so much into the idea of something, and when it didn't happen, they're you know I always go into life saying there's no Plan B. I'm that guy. Yeah. There's always Plan A, but you know the idea of Plan A, you need to alter Plan A a little bit as opposed to giving up on Plan A because right. of something like that happening. Some guys are you know they just. I don't know what it is. Maybe they're just you don't believe in themselves enough, and that was my one shot. And because I know guys that have gone through that and fell the other way and, and didn't continue. I know some guys that went look, football players. Yeah. You know, great guys. You know, and then blew a knee, and then boom, lost it all, and ended up you know in jail and just right. making right. a mess of their lives. And it's like, dude, just shift gears. You're you're, you're already going this direction. Just shift gears. Just That's shift just gears. one thing you right. could do. Obviously, God doesn't want you there. Go where he wants you to go. Yeah. You know? Plan A does, can still be plan A. a you just shift. Exactly. That's right. You just shift planes. It's not wearing it, the dress you thought it was. That's, that's, that's right. All, exactly. You know, so. Exactly. So, no, for me, it was really simple. You know, just keep moving forward. And, I think that's a common thing with a lot of people, though. You know, when you, we want to engineer our lives mm -hmm. and we think if I do this, 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 and this, uh, yeah. that I'll end up over here. But the reality is, is that never happens. You know, that happens to less than 1% of the population. I've and, yet to meet anybody. You know? Yeah. And and so you you just bump along and you get bounced around. But if you're very, very grounded in your values, your morals, your principles, whatever it is that you believe in, you know, we talked about patriotism yesterday and we mm -hmm. talked about our why, you know, you and I as, as men, as fathers, as entrepreneurs, we talked about our why for why we do things. And that, that common grounding in that belief system is that, okay, I don't know what's ahead, but it doesn't mean that I stop moving ahead. That's right. You keep moving ahead and Absolutely. God's going to lead you where you need to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you don't just stop and go crying your cornflakes because something didn't work out. It didn't work out because it's not supposed to work out and you just get uh, yeah. on to the next thing. That's you know? right. Yeah. And, and success is defined by, you know, a lot of different ways. And I think, unfortunately, we 
society's put a success and put a dollar sign next to it. And that, and it's sad to me, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. I, I aspire to pay my bills. I aspire to have things and want to do things. And we know that of course costs a dollar, but um, I think a lot of people change their course because of that. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately they don't live like they should have lived. Or no, lived you can't like, worship you know. money because it's not going to give that's you what right. you're not going to take you where you yeah, want to go. Trust right. me, you know? Yep. And so, yeah, money's important. We need it to pay bills. We can do a lot for people. You know, we can do an awful lot with that money. And guys like you, you and I do everything we can for as You know, it's about that service mentality. Yep. So money is good. But if you start to worship money, then that's the problem. Yeah. It, it, you, you make a lot of bad decisions. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you find yourself in some pretty dark and When you places. get that money, you're going to yeah. make some mistakes. Right? Well, there you go, right? Yeah, so Exactly. Yeah. So after you got out of the Navy, uh, and, and I want to get to where you're at right now, yeah, were, yeah. were you always, obviously when you were going through buds, you didn't carry this much weight around? Oh, I was still a pretty, I was a stocky guy, you know, at 5'10", 195 pounds. Husky? Long. I was husky. Yeah. Well, you know, with abs. I think that was the only time I saw my abs, to be really? honest with you. Yeah, I got one picture. I made sure I had one picture saved. Uh, so my kids got it to remind them that dad was actually a pretty lean guy. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I, I was 195 pounds at 5'10", which is a rather sizable guy in, in Buds at the time. Uh, I had good quads. You know, I, I was a well-built guy. Uh, so it was an easy transition for me. Yeah. You know, when, when all that sort of happened and, and uh, I found myself still living in California, uh, that dream for a while. Uh, I was in Ocean Beach, California. Right down the road, there was a little gym called Rob Field Park. Uh, and my buddy would meet me at the corner because we didn't have a car. You know, and he couldn't afford that living in California. Besides, you didn't want to drive there anyhow. Right. Uh, so we would, uh, every every day we'd meet at the corner. He'd come from one direction, I'd come to the other. And we'd walk down to the field, field house and we'd work out. And that's really where my love for training took off. It was, of course, everybody's got that. I was in high school, lifted weights kind of thing, but you didn't really pay much mind to it. It wasn't a direction to it like there was when we started kind of figuring things out that Mm -hmm. it was important to eat and drink less beer and, you know, and ramen noodles weren't a good source of protein and that kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So we trained there and trained hard. And over the course of the next couple of years, I was able to get up to 240, 245. And, you know, I remember the first time I benched, you know, 315 for 10, and that was a big moment in my life. And, uh, you know, in, in anybody's jit lifting life, of course, if right. you're a strength guy, that was yeah. a big moment. You know, sure. That, that, that way well, you never thought you'd Well, when I squatted 315 for 10. I yeah, never benched 315 for 10. So yeah, <laughs> I'm no. still waiting for my moment. Yeah, are you? Uh, <laughs> I've got these arms that start here and then next Tuesday, yeah, right? So I, I tell can you. deadlift like crazy because yeah. my hands, you know, they hang down yeah. below my knees almost, right? right? But yeah. I, you know, it's it's like I've got three miles to go with that bar. You so. know, it's hard to be good at all three. You know, you know it is. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I, I too, and I yeah, certainly was not good at bench. That was my, and a lot of guys aren't, but yeah. we talked about your bench. It was still very respectable. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, to be competitive at that weight class at the national level, I, I was easily a hundred pounds off yeah. where I needed to be, yeah. but now squats, you know, I can squat like crazy, still can squat like crazy, still can deadlift like crazy. Can't bench to save my life. Yeah. You know, but uh, so I was really never built for powerlifting, but I loved, loved, loved powerlifting. So I was one of those guys, a lot like you, that I would just outwork everybody else. Yeah. Right. right. And, it, and it worked. It worked just with the bench, just genetically. I couldn't get past it because once you get to a certain point, my shoulders and elbows would fall apart, you know, because my joints just weren't that big, you know. Yeah, it, it's it's tough. You know, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, right? Because you're that kind of guy, whether you're going through training and all of a sudden you find yourself in the gym, you treat it the same way. Yeah. You know, you're going to get 100% out of what you're worth one way or the other. Yeah. And some things we're just better at than others. And it's yeah. as simple as that. Yeah. You know, you're not going to transplant any one guy that's great at something. He's going to be great at something else. It doesn't 
work like that. Right. Uh, but, you know, the gym life to me, and that's what kind of where we're going with this conversation a little bit, you know, that's when it all started. And uh, you fell in love with it, and you really fell in love with the subculture of that, you know. Um, yeah, so anyhow, it, to me, the gym world kind Now, of did you start off in powerlifting then, or where did you start off? Uh, you when, know, what was your first con- that, competition? You, never, first, yeah, you never did bodybuilding, did I you? never did bodybuilding. I did for like yeah. two years, Yeah, and I hated it. Yeah, I, I never wanted to diet like that. I tried. Now, I will tell you a quick story. More recently, a good friend of mine who's a bodybuilder, a uh, national guy, and uh, I was just cutting some weight from back down to like 300, back to like 260 or something, and fairly, you know, trying to get fairly lean. And I said to him on the phone one day, we're chatting, he says, well, this is what I got going on. This is a show I'm prepping for, and this is kind of how things are going for me. And I said, you know, I can kind of relate. And I said, no, no, I, I can't relate. I'm not saying I'm a bodybuilder. I don't want to say that. <laughs> And he says, no, man. He says, you're suffering and you're dieting. You're a bodybuilder. <laughs> so I got my bodybuilder status. I tell everybody right, that. Because right, yeah. you're not really a bodybuilder until a bodybuilder says you're a bodybuilder. Right, exactly. Then you're a bodybuilder. Yeah. So yeah, then I guess maybe I was, yeah, but I never yeah. competed. No, yeah. it, you know, the idea of that, it, it wasn't because I, I didn't want to be a bodybuilder. I fell in love with the strength sports. Mm-hmm. You know, so powerlifting was the first thing for me and getting good at those three lifts. And early on, I competed. And I, you know, I had a fairly decent total. I was a... I, uh, two, 242 guy, you know, I was a heavier competitor. So, you know, when you're in that, getting close to that unlimited class, you know, you yeah. got to do some really special shit to be kind of recognized. But right. I always felt good locally. That was kind of more of the local scene for me. And I think my total was right around 2,100 or so. That's you know. very respectful. It wasn't yeah. bad. Yeah, that's a raps guy, a raw with raps kind of guy. And, uh, you know, that was good. But I fell in love with Strongman. And that was to me when that came about. I, I put all that powerlifting aside. I said, I want to do this shit. See, and I like the I like the strongman. I I got out of powerlifting. I want to say in '84. I think it was. Yeah. I think strongman came on a bit closer to the '90s. Wasn't era? Yeah, it was a bit closer to the '90s, wasn't it? Well, it's been around since the late '70s officially. Okay, but it was more of sort of a really sort of one-off type thing you saw it in ESPN reruns of right. late at and night on the Right, and that's the thing. Weekends. Like in Canada, it wasn't like, yeah. okay, there was a... No, there wasn't a contingency of guys or women no, training and, and then man. and then it seemed like the guys that were strongman guys were like those unlimited guys. They're all yeah. way yeah. over... Cartoon characters. The guys exactly. that nobody else could be. Right. You didn't put yourself in And so in that a lot of the apparatus was built for them That's and right. like that. And so it was yeah. something I no, no, I'll never I'll never do well at that. And and yeah. uh, and with powerlifting it was just like I was constantly constantly injured. Yeah. And I just wanted to be done with the injuries more than anything. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, and that's kind of why I got into the bodybuilding because you could still there, there was the intensity of training, you know, there's the pain and the suffering, the discipline, but I got to the contest and see with powerlifting, the guys that I was competing against, we would get together and train. Yeah, together we travel together to meet. You know, after the meet, we go have a big steak and and visit. And yes. you know, it was that camaraderie was just amazing. You yeah. know, there's guys in powerlifting that I still talk to. Eddie Cohn, you know, we still talk to Eddie Cohn, and uh, not that I ever competed with him, but just that community is a very tight knit community, right? And in bodybuilding, it was far less so. And 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 I remember, and it was just the local scene that I was competing at. But it was like, okay. <laughs> I know real tough guys, right? And and there's these guys, you know, you're all you're 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 so weak that you can't lift a feather. Right. You're all shaved up, standing here in a marble bag, all greased up, mm-hmm. and you're flexing your muscles and you're talking about kicking somebody's butt. Right. Sure. Nobody's kicking anybody's butt, right? No, no. And it was just like backstage, it was just a lot of real chippy stuff. Yeah, you know, and it was just like okay, I'm not really digging this. Like, like it's like I I like the competing part. I like the getting ready for the show. I liked I liked all of that, 
but the show itself was so anticlimactic for me. Yeah. Because there just wasn't the camaraderie. And that's what I really kind of liked out of it. And so I did it for, I did two shows one year and then went back to the next show, the same show the next year. And, uh, and I did place bad. I got top three the first time. And I think I got top three the second time, but it was just, uh, it just didn't, it just wasn't for me. You know what I mean? And then I, I didn't want to do strongman, so I kind of didn't do anything for a long, long time, and then I got into MMA. And MMA is a lot the same way. It's the com- it's camaraderie. A lot of comparisons, yeah. A it, lot of... Com- the, yep, to make that correlation to MMA. Yeah. And a lot of guys do that, and I agree with them, because we can see the very the similarities in the dedication to training, yes. the camaraderie involved in it. Yes. And I know a lot of listeners out there be like, hey, one doesn't equal the other, but it's it's strange that you say that, and very much true. Well, that, you, you walk know. into a into a powerlifting gym, and there's nothing that anybody can say to me at a meet that's going to make me put an extra fifty pounds on the bar or have to take fifty pounds off. Yeah, that's up to me that day. That's right. So there's no you know there's no crap talk and stuff like that. It just doesn't you know, didn't exist when I was competing. Everybody was really. I had guys I'm competing against help me put my suit up. You that's know right. What I mean, yeah. Uh, and then in MMA, uh, you know, the guys there would, they would come and train. If you got a weakness, you know, Hey, I'm good at this. They come and train you with better. you yeah. and they'd make you better. And that was the whole thing. It was the guys that were getting into, when you take the classes that they don't want to train, they want to fight. So, you know, you're, tr- you're supposed to be training like a jujitsu. You're supposed to be training or, or sparring. You're supposed to be going 50% or 60% yeah. and they want to go hundred percent, right? Because they think they're fighting for the belt and it's just a workout. Uh, but when you train with guys that are either pros or they're more elite fighters, it's all about training and you get this flow going and you just, everybody makes everybody better, but you go in there and they respect you for what you do. They don't care where you're at or what belt you've got or whether you won or lost winning. And then that was the odd thing for me. It wasn't really about winning and losing. It is to the fighter, yeah. but that doesn't have impact your respect. It's, it's your character and how hard you, how hard you train and how hard you fight. So you're respected for what you put out there, not really for who you're fighting with. If you're in UFC or Bellator, it didn't really matter, mm-hmm. you know, from that respect. Yeah. But you walk in the gym and you get that respect. Well, and I think there's another common denominator. And I, and I think a guy, guys that compete in, well, make the comparison to MMA and strongman and powerlifting. The common denominator is all these guys want to win, but they want to beat you at your best. Right. They want to beat you at your best. And, right. and I want to see a guy put his best on the platform and get three lifts and be white-lighted on everything. Yeah. I want to see a guy compete in five events in Strongman and hit a PR in every one of them. Right. And I want to beat those guys. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to see a guy drop a stone. And the only reason I won the show is because he dropped that fifth stone yeah. or he d- couldn't quite get up that log press. Same reason. Uh, more than because more at the like, end of the day, yeah. we know what he's capable of. That's right, and we know what we're That's capable right. of, and we know who the winner is. Yeah, you know or who deserves that, right? That and, day. I, and I would say bodybuilding is quite the opposite. Yes, it is. You, you want to see your competition not quite fulfill themselves at the fullest, right? right? I mean, right. so that's actually a really, really good, yeah. good point because you're right. MMA is very much that way. You know, you don't want to sure. fight some guy that's on the downhill no, slide. You want it the best. Yeah. yeah, and every because every fan in the world knows that, and you don't get respect for that. That's it's right. really about respect, giving and getting respect, you know, and then doing the hard work. And imagine two guys that are giving their 100% all, and you know they are, and there really are no winners and losers, uh, you know, uh, figuratively speaking, Mm -hmm. because that makes for a great competition. 
and it makes for great rivalries and everybody wants to see that yeah you know uh, nowadays if you see a guy lose a fight and that was a good hard fight what's the first thing you say to yourself man i can't wait for this rematch right you know and that's the same way we look at strength ports it's particularly strong man because you know powerlifting is a different animal we kind of know what we're doing before we get to the platform the gyms right. tell us that right yeah uh, that's one of the downsides of powerlifting anticlimactic right i know if a guy is only good for 500 pounds and he knows what his pr is chances are he might do 505 pounds it's not going to be 600 pounds yeah he's not making a big comeback is my point (laughs) yeah if he's down by 80 pounds he's not well where'd that come from you know all of a sudden he's mentioned 600 that doesn't work exactly yeah yeah, that's exactly so about an mma let's say or our strongman there's a little bit more opportunity for greatness right you know in those moments when you least expect it i guess is a better way to put it yeah i agree i agree that's one of the things that drew me to crossfit i'm not a crossfit guy yeah but i enjoyed watching crossfit for that reason just because there's you know there's it it, everybody's at that level but somebody could steal it away at any given time you know just on that you gotta give that crossfit respect it's hard for me to do i'm gonna tell you yeah i'm I'm not a fan of doing it and again for me what it is is just i i don't know if i'm prone to injury or not i just hate being injured because it just stops everything right and I just enjoy that ritual of going to the gym every day. Yeah. And I just don't want to mess with that. So the type of training I do now, everything is, is uh, I don't worry about being big. I don't worry about strength anymore. At 63, I'm worried about agility and endurance. Right. Yeah. And you so that's your what gears, I, right? Yeah. I got, yeah. I got three little kids that I don't want to be sitting and watching them do stuff. I want to be doing it with yeah. them. Right. And so I, I've made that sacrifice of, you know, I've dropped a lot of pounds, but I feel really, really good now. And then I'm still work on the boxing and the Muay Thai. I don't do jujitsu anymore, but uh, you know, with that boxing, it keeps you in good shape. You know, you can defend yourself, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so there's that element there, but for me, it's, it's really become, but it was a hard transition. It was really, really hard to give up. Oh. I still struggle with it. I still want to. Uh, I still yeah, want to load yeah. up the the squat yeah. bar. I still want to load up the leg press. I still want to deadlift heavy. But every time I do, I go like, "Why did I do that?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, the competition becomes mortality when you get older, you right? Know, the idea, right? It's not life's not static. Well, and that's yeah. the thing. Like at sixty three, I could do some serious damage that could mess me up for a, a while, right? And I just don't want to risk it. You know, no, it's a whole different ball game. That's for sure. Yeah, fifty one years old. Uh, I turned fifty one about a week or two ago. You know, life's changed in a lot of ways and a lot of ways for the better. But when it comes to the athletic side of thing, it's a different book. Yeah. You, you, you put the old book down, you've got the new book off the shelf. And yep. now you're figuring out how do I stay in and do what I love to do? Stay injury free, recover. Yeah. You know, think about my mortality because carrying around 350 or 300 or even where I'm at now at 280 pounds realistically isn't the healthiest, regardless of how healthy I think I am. Right. My, my heart and my blood and all that might be good, but my joints are hating me right now. Right. So to be competitive at what age and, and what size and you got to set that ego back a little bit. There's no doubt about it. Well, that was the hard thing for me. The thing that transitioning into fight sports made it easier. It was hard because you're not good at fight sports, but you're losing that size and that strength. Yeah. And so you're kind of in this no man's land for a while and I was hating life. Right. But then I just worked harder at the fight sports and actually kind of got better at it. And then once I got better at it, then I felt okay with that transit, with that, with that exchange. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one way of getting there, right? Not only that, I, I used to be I used to be afraid of admitting my age. That was really? a big hurdle. Yeah, yeah, because you, well, especially I think being in the competitive world, you, you can probably relate a little bit. You know, you, you're a lot of your friends and a lot of your partners in the gym and a lot of the guys that you're with, they're not our age. 
because yeah. a lot of those guys aren't around anymore. Mm -hmm. So we've adopted this new brotherhood of this younger class. Mm -hmm. And it, it, although you're the mature guy, you're the guy with some wisdom, you still feel and act like you're 35 when you're 51 or, mm -hmm. or whatever that may be. And you, you generally aren't and bragging about today was my birthday, guys. I turned 51. No, yeah. but in see, I'm you the know. opposite. And there's yeah. this old guy, this old guy named Henry Cocker. Now, back when I say old guy, I owned a gym in Canada. And it was uh, after I had left police work. So I was in my mid-30s, okay? And Henry at the time was around 60, Yeah. okay? So I, you know, I'm older than that now when I'm calling him the old guy. But Henry would come in and he'd train hard every day. Henry used to be a wrestler, but Henry looked amazing. And Henry told me once, he says, I says, do you ever worry, like, you know, you're talking about fighting and stuff like that. And he says, no, I don't worry about fighting. He says, he says, if somebody picks a fight with me, he said, and I lose, he said, you beat up somebody's grandpa. He says, yeah. if, if, if I win, you got your butt handed to you by somebody's grandpa. So win -win. <laughs> he says, you can't lose that. <laughs> and so it's just like, yeah. Hey, you know, so I really, really embraced it. I, I, I yeah. have, I have no problem with, with my age. And especially now, because I look at people that are my age and they're having a hard time getting out of their car and they're that's having a right. hard time moving yeah. around. Not all of them. There's lots, there's, and that's the thing. I know lots of guys. There's an old guy by uh, an old guy, Ray. Ray uh, is at the gym every day. <clears throat> We train together lots. He comes in boxes with me and stuff sometimes and yeah. like that. Well, dude, Ray's in his 70s. Yeah. But he just stays fit and eats well. Yeah. And looks after himself. He needs to recover more, but he, he you know, he does all that stuff and he's, Ray's boxing his tail off out there and he's in his mid-70s. Ray's we, you know, the odds. When we were kids, yeah. when we were kids, yeah. somebody 70 boxing, are you out of your mind? It didn't exist. No, no. but now it's, it's not abnormal. It isn't. You're right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the funny thing when I'm hanging around with Ray, I'm the young guy. Right, yeah. You see Makes what I mean? feel real good, Right, yeah. you know, and there's yeah. a couple other... So, so that's the thing. Like, really, I kind of embrace the whole age thing because what it does is it... I hate to say it, but it makes me feel almost invincible sometimes. Because yeah, I yeah. know what 63 looked like when my grandfather was alive. Yeah. I, I Actually, he wasn't alive at 63. I think he died... Oh, he was 64. But, I, you know, I know what that looked like when I was a kid yeah. growing up, what 60 looked like. You know, and you look now and like now, like I qualify for a pension. Right. I haven't applied for it. Right. But I qualify for it. was like 10 years ago. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, blue plate specials, you know, all that kind Boy. of stuff. I'm supposed to be this yeah. old guy and I'm just not. You it's know, a I'm, great perspective though, you know, I, I, and I agree with it because more recently I've come around to that. Yeah. I think in the last couple of years when I turned 50, I realized, you know, i I feel pretty damn good for 50. I should be proud of it. If this. you can still do it at 50, dude, yeah. you're ahead of everybody. Well, that's just You're it. not talking about it. You're still doing just it. You, doing just, it. Right. you just had a hip replacement. You just flipped a caber. That's right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you're doing it. I can still do that 315 for 10 in the gym too. So that makes me feel pretty good. You, you know? see what I mean? Absolutely. So embrace, I, I think you yeah. just embrace it, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, is as long as you're alive and you're replicating cells, your body will adapt to the workload. You'll get better and better. You'll get leaner, stronger, bigger, whatever it is your goal is. As long as you just keep doing the work consistently. You got to keep doing the work. The only thing I notice now is that uh, I, I actually make better progress. I used to be a five day a week training guy. Yep. And now what I, I realize, I actually make better progress training three days a week. Absolutely. One day on, one day off, yeah. and I'll do active rest in between Absolutely. and stretching. Absolutely. Yeah. And I do way, 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 three way better. Three days a week is my sweet spot. I can squeeze four in sometimes, yep. but that five day a week stuff anymore does not exist. And that's the thing. That yeah. was, I'm, I'm just going through withdrawal from that. This week is my first week oh boy. where I'm not doing five days. Mentally, we can do it. 
I could get in there five days a week. My oh, body easily. is so damn sore. Dude, I was I doing can't. six days a week. Yeah. I take Sundays off because that's church day, right? Yeah. But I was doing six days a week. Yeah. And I'm training hard. So I'm I'm boxing two days. I'm doing hard, like battling ropes and sled sprints. Yeah. And, you know, that's two days and then lifting weights. So I'm, I tell myself I'm training three days a week because I'm only lifting weights three days a that's week. That's right. Active recovery. <laughs> yeah. The, the other four days are right. like this super intense, you yeah. know, conditioning. Dial that back a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I still believe in active recovery. You know, a friend of mine always says motion is lotion right there you, you go keep moving yeah and uh you know that's that's gonna steal that motion is yeah lotion. you know while well, she's sitting right in there oh gotcha yeah. okay yeah it was pam who told me that <laughs> but uh yeah it makes sense right motion is our motion is lotion yeah and it's so true and the you thing know? is is if you just keep at it and even if like i ann and i you know took a before we moved to florida we took about a two-year break from the gym covid was part of that and then stuff that we had going on in our life we just weren't training and it was, I, I, I've never felt that, I felt old for the first time in my life. Yeah. And it just, getting out of bed was painful. Joints yes. hurt, everything yes. freaking hurt. My digestion, I couldn't digest any food. I couldn't, you know, so I'm eating, you know, the, the half of a thimble of oatmeal in the morning and then farting my brains out all day. And the game as soon changes. as I started changing, yeah, everything just started working again. Yeah. And yeah, there's a solution. The game does change. Yeah. To be clear, when we get older, we have to make adjustments to getting older. Yeah. But doesn't mean we can't compete. It doesn't mean we can't compete as well as we did 10 years and ago. And it doesn't mean we need to stop and or that we need to go half stop speed. Or go half speed. Yeah. You just need to understand yeah. the game. The rules of the game just changed a little bit is all. Exactly. You got to play by those rules of kind of where you're at in life. And I feel great, man. I, I mean, I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah. I mean, I have a goal to be... Well, you look incredible. Thank I mean, you, you look yeah, awesome. No, I appreciate you know? it. I have a goal to be at Worlds for a Strongman uh, next year uh, at 50 plus category. And I, I don't see why I won't be there. I don't see why you, you won't know, I'm going to get there. People want to hear you. You've got a podcast called yeah. The Gym Life Podcast. Gym Life Where do you podcast. find that? Where do you find that? Uh, on YouTube and all the listening platforms, Spotify and Apple and, uh, uh, I, you know, uh, what, uh, Shoot, uh, what is that? Google and there, I got it on five or six. The, the Google? Google, you just showed your age there. The yeah, Google, is it Google? on is the it? Google, the Google, yeah, it's the Google, <laughs> the Google. I missed out investing in that too, by the <laughs> on way. On the YouTube yeah, and on the, the Google YouTube as well, yeah. yeah, and the Twitter. Yeah, we do. We record it. We video, <laughs> so it's on YouTube. It's on listening platforms. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was always something I wanted to do. It, it, well, I years ago I tried to do a magazine right before this darn internet thing happened. You know, yeah, Who'd have guessed that would ever yeah. worked out the way the, it did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Real bad. <laughs> never catch on hey, let's do a magazine one year before the internet's invented yeah that didn't work out real well uh but in any case it it, it it was just an opportunity for me to share life experience even at what was that i was 35 then i guess i thought i had a lot of life experience ah, funny how that works right well as 35 year olds go you did yeah as 35 year olds that's probably true but at, at 49 when i started the podcast the gym life podcast it was more a, a more ambiguous term for me the world of gym life podcast anecdotally gym life's a funny place to live isn't it right we get a lot of fun shit out of the yeah, gym with yeah. people we meet in life yeah. and that kind of thing and then also it, it relates to really who we are as people you know right. and gym life my life has been in the gym for 35 years now i've i've had a little break in training and i found ways to navigate my my existence within the fitness world uh, so that's kind of the idea or the premise behind it and as a result i find myself down these sort of paths of what i love to do and strength sports and talk a lot about that and we interview oh so many great athletes that still inspire me these young guys and these old guys and these gals and 
you know, that's a lot of fun. And then we just talk about regular everyday gym kind of stuff that we get a funny laugh out of and how we approach it being older or younger or, or indifferent, you know. So uh, well, it's been uh, a we, fun we just met yesterday, yeah. but uh, we, I mean, gosh, we talked the night away last night. We did. And, yeah. yeah. And we've had a good day today. Uh, we're, uh, Joe's out here with a friend doing uh, photo shoots. She's shooting with Anna for Blessed Bodywear. Learn so, from the best. So yeah. you're you're uh, uh, you're you're in there shooting. You're shooting the behind the scenes stuff. I'm shooting the the, the leading the, the way. Yeah, I'm doing the easy stuff. You're That's doing right. all the hard stuff, and right. then <laughs> and so we're just having a good time. But uh, so I haven't listened. Consequently, I haven't listened to the podcast, but yeah. I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah, I hope I'll put you do. The, I'll put links in the comments so everybody yeah, yeah, can yeah. can get over to that. Yeah, a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun talking to you. Listen, uh, yeah. I, we got to get back out there. We got to try to get we, sunset. We, we, that's right. Work so, to do. Yeah, we got work to do. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in a couple days with another episode. Joe. Janiga. Janiga. I want to say okay. Janinga all the time. Everybody has. Joe Janiga. Joe Janiga. Okay. Joe Janiga, the Gym Life Podcast. Check it out. God bless. Have a great day, and we'll be back in a couple days with another episode.